this is Samantha Fish, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. Hi, this is Richie Kotzen, and you're listening to Iron City Rock. episode 498 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, John, coming to you from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, bringing you the best rock, hard rock, heavy metal, and blues talk on the net. Episode 498, we have joining us for the second time in just a few months, we have Mr. Billy Sheehan joining us. Billy was on at the end of last year to talk about the Talus release, and he's joining us today to talk about the Winery Dogs' third album. This is actually the fourth release from the band, if you discount live albums, they had an EP in between the second and the third album, but the new album is out as of the sound of my voice. It was released on February 3rd. They will be kicking off their North American tour in Greensburg, Pennsylvania on the 15th at the Palace Theater. So we wanted to get a chance to talk to Billy specifically about the Winery Dogs. So without further ado, we're gonna play you a little new Winery Dogs and get into the interview with Mr. Billy Sheen. City Rocks. We have on the line Mr. Billy Sheehan. How you doing, Billy? I'm doing great, John. Good to speak with you again. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. You guys are going to be releasing uh, the third Winery Dogs full-length album on February 3rd of 2023. I had to kind of look at that for a second, the 202-111, and do a little math. Uh, and you're also, uh, as luck would have it, going to be kicking off the tour here at the Palace Theater in Greensburg. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know, obviously, lining the three of you up is is somewhat in the realm of Halley's Comet, uh, lunar eclipse kind of thing. <laughs> how, how, you know, obviously the, the the pandemic gave a lot of people a lot of downtime. Did that help you guys kind of coordinate, or did that make it worse? Uh, 50-50. Uh, it was difficult for us to travel and get anywhere, and um, the nature of the winery dogs is uh, to be in a room together to work on uh, songs rather than doing things by file sharing and mm-hmm. or over Zoom or FaceTime or anything like that. So when we finally did get the opportunity, 
we were very pleased about it. Mike and I flew out to L.A. to meet with Richie, and we started uh, right in on it. Uh, from the from the get go, we had songs right away. Uh, uh, we have really we're very very uh, grateful to have uh, the kind of chemistry that seems to be apparent when we're together. Sit down and bang. There's an idea. Oh, this is a good one here. Mm-hmm. Check, check out this beat. I got a baseline for it. Richie's got some. He's already started doing some blah blah lyrics, and uh, by the end of the day, you know, we'll have a, a handful of songs right away. So, it uh, in spite of the fact that it, there were difficulties uh, added to the equation from the pandemic sure. for everybody, uh, uh, we managed to uh, get right up to speed very quickly and and come off with some stuff we were very pleased with. You mentioned Richie when he was doing like the vocals. Does he just do kind of a scat melody to give you guys a sense and goes back and you know you all stare at him while he tries to write lyrics or? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, generally it. There's no one way of doing it. It can come from several angles, mm-hmm. but uh, that's pretty common. And he's he's just such a wonderful singer. He's got a great voice. He just he opens his mouth and songs come out. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 almost unfair, you know. As, as I remember, you know, him when he was kind of part of that, you know, wave of shred that kind of came out. And you know, as a guitar player, you're like, God, this guy's amazing. And then you hear him sing, and he's like the second coming of Glenn Hughes. Um, it, it's almost unfair to have that much talent in one man. But you know, God bless him. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And he's a wonderful guy too. Uh, both he and Mike, I enjoy working with him. Uh, very, very much. And Mike himself, of course, is supremely talented. And uh, it's great having a three-piece band. I mean, I love all the bands I've been in and mm-hmm. all the musicians I work with. But in a three-piece band, it's always something a little special. Uh, it's way easier to watch each other on stage and improvise and pick up cues from each other. And so that relates to songwriting as well. If that happens to be your method of, of writing. Yeah. Uh, in, in, a, in any particular band uh, with three guys man it's it's easy it goes fast the ideas come fast and furious and uh, it's a it's a very interesting uh, way of uh, pursuing music sonically does it give you a little each I mean all of you are, are you know world renowned at your instruments does it give you guys a little more freedom to do a little more without kind of stepping on each other's toes it can uh, there are some instances where we don't take advantage of that uh, but there are some where we do, and um, I know uh, from my all my early uh, Talos years when Talos was a three-piece. Uh, I generally we we had to make up for the lack of rhythm guitar, keyboards, or even horn sections or strings, and and somehow mimic it on our instruments. And uh, that was a big help in me developing a lot of the things I do on bass. When I had to do more than just hold an E while the guitar player soloed, you know, mm-hmm. so that I had to move around a lot and add the extra little things if possible. And so uh, now utilizing uh, uh, skills uh, that, that I was exposed to back in the day, uh, it helps out to, to bring things uh, more orchestrated and more uh, arranged uh, around the three of us that we have those capabilities. But we don't, we don't always, you know, we're, the band is really a song band. Yeah, and we we do have we do we do some playing too, but uh, and I do always believe there there's always room for uh, there's always room for Jello. There's always room for a little bit more, yeah. and uh, not to overcrowd things. But just as musicians expression expressing yourself, uh, I I always felt uh, uh, I would hear a song and uh, the bass player would be playing a single note, and then I go back and listen to James Jamerson and Motown, and he's all over the neck, and Paul yeah. McCartney's all over the neck. There's all kinds of room for that. And, 
in truly great songs too uh, from those eras so uh I try to take a cue from that and uh, cautiously move forward. Does does vocally this kind of flex all of your muscles as a three piece? Because I know you all you know have sang quite a bit yeah. over the years. Um, does this yeah. give you a little more chance to shine in that arena with only three of you to hold Absolutely. those harmonies? Well, yeah, uh, Mike and I do a lot of harmony together, and uh, uh, for me, singing also is a, is a, a vital. Uh, situation not only uh as a player to sing gives you a different view of everything if you're uh, as opposed to a guy just standing there playing with no mic in front of them then mm-hmm. having that mic and having to sing your part really puts you in a different spot and a, i think a much better spot uh i i will always would tell people hey you want me to play less give me a vocal line to sing yeah <laughs> i kind of concentrate on hitting those notes rather than anything else uh, half half kidding in a way, but uh, back in the day, uh, any time a musician would present themselves, you know, he's this and he's that and that, really great, sounds great. Does he sing? No. Uh, okay, yeah. we're, we're good. Yeah, yeah, it, it's you know, I, I think it's it's such a, a a gift to have that and you know that ability to kind of you know you pat your belly and rub your head at the same time where you you know your baseline isn't exactly what you're singing vocally that's got to be yeah there's a there there is a i there there is definitely a couple of uh uh tough ones on this record uh i I got them down uh no problem but uh, it was a little bit of work i remember when we uh toured with rush uh with mr big i had the great honor of of doing a, a a whole tour and another half tour with them and uh, wonderful, wonderful people. And Getty would say sometimes before they do a tour on a new record, he'd have to go by himself off and uh, try to figure out how to pl- sing over what he's playing. Because when you record it, you don't play bass at the same time. And uh, we, I got a kick out of that, that he, uh, even the great Getty Lee has to uh, step back and uh, figure it out a little bit before he moves. Yeah. And then you figure he, he's tap dancing around a keyboard with his feet at the same time. It, that, that That's a whole different level of you know three phases of his brain um exactly and again that's a three piece so you try to get as much as you can uh, no yeah. wasted limbs you know you try to get as much as you can out of all yeah. players rush, yeah. rush was a great example of that i think you mentioned you know the, the kind of being a song band and i think it, it it really shows on you know the fact that these aren't you know, you guys just didn't throw it on a shred record, which you could have. And, and quite frankly, people would have bought it. You know, I think you guys each, are, you know, have got that kind of uh, reputation that that would have been enough for a lot of people. But you listen to this album, songs like Lies" and Stars and things like that. Um, do you kind of consciously, you know, when you're putting songs together, talk about that? You know, that we need to kind of, you know, not every song needs to be... 100 miles an hour we need to do some slower mid-tempo etc no we uh that's uh i see why people would think that that things would be discussed and Mm -hmm. and uh uh figured out and we get the slide rule out and 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 um design things in that manner sure but we everything we do is pretty much just off the cuff and it just happens as it happens uh lorelei came about i had a i just ascending bass intro thing. I didn't know what I was going to do with it. You know, I started playing it 
the, the way the song begins. And uh, and then it just fell into a slow tempo uh, for some reason. We don't even know. And then uh, uh, very quite brilliantly, uh, Richie uh, sang a, an amazing part and and had incredible song lyrics and story behind the song as well. Uh, that it all worked. Regret off the first record was similar to that too. It was actually two songs. We couldn't decide which one to, to do. So I said, let's put them together. And uh, we did. And it worked out perfectly. Yeah. So we don't, uh, there isn't a lot of uh, figuring or, or discussion or uh, marketing. We don't right. do that. Uh, we, uh, and I'm glad. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but I've never really been a part of a band that that thought about you know what we needed to to make a uh, you know sell records or yeah. to appeal to people we just kind of did what we did and got lucky I'm a, I'm a huge fan of a lot of music so back in the days where, where I was uh, in a copy band a cover band we, we we played hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of songs uh, but most of them were hits so you kind of get used to playing a song that has that Hitliness about it. It's got a yeah. chorus that you sure. can remember, and the title is in the chorus, and it makes sense, and uh, lyrics you can understand and relate to. So those are the type of songs that I grew up on and played in clubs for years and years. And so writing now, I tend to head in that direction naturally without trying to pander to an audience. Yeah. But I, I want them to be pleased with what we do. But uh, not to the degree that we would ever pander right. or try to figure figure our way uh, into a song. Uh, they, yeah. they happen naturally, and as a result, there are many, many, many songs that got rejected. I've got folder after folder of uh, songs that, that never saw the light of day. <laughs> well, that, that's that's a, I mean, maybe a good problem to have because it gives you you know some things you can pick and choose, and you know how many great songs, as you mentioned, end up being parts of other songs or. You know, we'll take the bridge from this one and, you know, with the chorus of that and, you know, you yeah, know, but I, without pandering I, I, to an audience, that's a, that's a really exactly. a, a great way to do it. And I think it gives you guys a, a very organic feel, you know, without organic sounding. Organic is right. Yeah. Yeah. I love the word hitly, yeah. hitliness. That's a, that's a great, <laughs> is a, a great. I know I've, I've used that word before too. Yeah. It's that, quite hitly. That's a A and R department special there. Um, right. Question for you that I, when I was listening to this, you know, you've got a you know quite a bit of tasty solos in in your playing on this record, and I think back to you know some of the early Mr. Big work, for example, or, or you know Nias and or some of the other things you've done sonically over the years. You've you've been quite an innovator with you know different amp configurations and splitting pickups to different amps and such. But with the with the proliferation of like earbuds now, does it change anything in the way you approach or how you control your instrument from an amp perspective, or is, do you let the guy who's doing the mastering worry about that? Well, in a record, it's pretty straight up. I just use pretty much what I use on stage, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, we're lucky. Uh, Jay Rustin, who mixed uh, all three Winery Dogs records, he. He leaves things alone. Uh, the first Wondery Dogs record we did, I hadn't met Jay, but we communicated. And I finally, and when the record got done and he did the mixing, he sent it to us. And usually it's a process where he sends it to the guys in the band. They send back notes, change this, change that, do this, do that. 
He does that. He sends it to us again. We do a second round of notes, a third, a fourth. Well, in this one, Jay sent us the record. We said, we're done. <laughs> we yeah, got it. Go. First pass without, without even saying anything. So I was so pleased with the bass tone on that record. And I, I, I finally met Jay and said, what, what did you do? He goes, well, I took, there's three sound sources, three faders. And he goes, I took the three faders, put them right at zero, which means no more or no less, mm-hmm. and didn't touch it. The whole time, man. They just let the right, the, the, and, and uh, did the drums, guitars, and vocals around it, and uh, it worked perfectly. So we, it was uh, he did a similar thing in this uh, record, and uh, 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 quite a fine job. Uh, so uh, in uh, recording, it's a little bit different than live. In live, I still have some speakers behind me, mm-hmm. reproducing what's coming out of my uh, Line Six Helix, which is a modeling device. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my own personal gear that I have, uh, some very uh, uh, that was made for me specifically. This one particular uh, piece of gear that I play through, uh, Line Six, I gave it to them, and they've modeled it and put it into the Helix software. So wherever I go, if I go to a a, a Helix anything, they've got my amp right in there. Yeah. So it's, it turns incredibly handy uh, for me traveling around the world like that. Um, so. Uh, Live, I've got all my original gear basically in some form or another, but a very miniaturized, lightweight, and uh, easy to deal with um, package. So it, uh, it 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 sounds like it sounds it used to sound back in the day. Uh, I keep using that phrase. Sorry, that's uh, all right. Years ago, <laughs> uh, um, when I had big, a huge rack of gear that was taller than I was, and a line of speakers that would. Uh, put fear into the hearts of all sound men when they saw it so it, it sounds very much like that to me now so i think it's it's relatively easy to reproduce what you need to these days than uh than, than it used to be so the technology has really uh been uh a blessing and um, a lot of innovation went into it and uh, it's quite easy for musicians now to get a great tone so yeah. i'm i'm all good yeah i mean it, plus it's got to be nice with redundancy and you know, power consumption in different places and all those gnarly variabilities that, that plague musicians Absolutely. and probably a lot Absolutely less for the true. for someone to lug, you know, around and, and yeah. carry all that stuff in. So that's great. Yeah, uh, I, just, I just posted a Facebook uh, thing on the – I'm putting a new uh, rig together. It's mm-hmm. the first time I've toured in almost three years, so a lot of things got to be taken – got to take a look at a lot of things and make sure everything is righteous. And uh, the new the new amps, which used to be a bass amp, was something you could maybe carry one. I doubt it could, you could carry two unless you're a linebacker. Mm-hmm. And the, the the new amps now they're like, they're about eight pounds. Yeah, <laughs> you, I could put four of them in a suitcase and check it as luggage if I had to. Yeah, it, it is amazing. You, know, you look back, at, you know, when you say back in the I'll, I'll say at the '80s, you know, those bass amps were. Heavy as hell, and now you can, you know, you could literally carry one in like a, like a lunchbox uh, and get pretty good sounds yeah, out of it. Um, when you, you know, opening this tour on the 15th here in, in Greensburg, um, when you guys, are, are, are you a person who kind of looks forward to the first day of, of a tour, or is, is that first night somewhat stressful because you've got to worry, you know, is everything you planned as far as gear and lighting and stuff like that all kind of come together, or is it we made it. It's a relief at this point to kind of hit the stage. 
it's quite a relief for me. <laughs> I always say uh, I live to play live, and I play live to live. And I, not being able to perform live has been has been tough. I, I really, it's really part of what I am. You yeah. know, it's, it's my thing more than anything else in the world. And uh, this is a great opportunity. I'm so glad we're starting in, in Greensburg too, because uh, back in the day, uh, again, there I go again with a super great start. Uh, <laughs> Stage stage one, and there was a, a couple other clubs that we played in Tallis, and uh, we had a riot playing in that area. It was so great. I remember, uh, the, was the radio station WDVE? Yeah, yeah, they're still kicking. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, was a, a young lady by the name of Krista Carlo was became yeah. a friend of mine. She was a great DJ there, and uh, we just had uh, dozens and dozens of great friends and relationships with fabulous people that come out to see us play all the time and uh, so I'm really excited that we're coming back to Greensburg to play and that it's the first show on the tour is the icing on the cake yeah well Billy I want to wish you safe travel and, and can't wait to see you guys again the new album will be out uh, on the 3rd and then we'll see you two weeks later in uh, in Greensburg alright great John thanks very much for having me and uh, I hope I see you uh, when we're in town Laying waste to your town. Mastodon. Gojira. The Mega Monsters Tour. Friday, August 11th. Stage AE Outdoors. With special guest, Lord Ashore. Tickets on sale now at AXS.com or the Stage AE Box Office. Mastodon and Gojira, brought to you by Promo West North Shore at Iron City. All right, again, three from the Winery Dogs is available now. It was released on February 3rd, so you can get that everywhere. You still pick up physical media, and you can certainly stream it. Uh, if you're a, a, a good, loyal fan, you'll stream it and buy it. Uh, so they can maximize. The tour kicks off February 15th, the Palace Theater in Greensburg, Pennsylvania. There are still tickets available. You can go to druskyentertainment.com, or we'll have a link for that in our show notes to get tickets for that. It'd be great to see these guys back on stage. As Billy said, he's itching to get back to the live performance. So you can check us at ironcityrocks.com. We are at Iron City Rocks on all the social media. would appreciate you taking the time to follow us and uh, drop us an email at ironcityrocks at gmail.com if you've got anything you'd like to say about the show suggestions for guests people you're tired of hearing from people you'd love to hear from let us know we appreciate any feedback and until next time we want to thank you for listening